The Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Welcome to episode 274. This week, we have Raffensburg patch problem, no takeover in Fulton County, claws out for trumpets in the House, Virginia had an election, cracking guns are okay now, Trump's hiring process, Shifty gets in hot water, the Pentagon can't count, racist fat, and rubber chicken. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner's endeavor, Representative Emeritus, Ken Pollan. Yeah, good afternoon, Dave. Glad to be back this week. <laughs> Sorry well, about missing last week. I had a, a low golf tournament over in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, so I got to go see the the Bama Rush, all the sorority and fraternity houses. Tuscaloosa is quite an interesting little town. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it is. I mean, it's Bamaville. It is. It is nothing but crimson colored shirts everywhere you go. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing if you go to Athens or go to Gainesville. It is. It is. Yeah, but it was hot as all get out in Tuscaloosa. I think it was, however hot it was here last weekend, it was about 15 degrees warmer with more humidity in Tuscaloosa. I got a friend who's taking his wife to uh, Vegas this coming week, and uh, he put he got a tea time for him. And so Ooh. she looked, and... Uh, it's like, you realize when we tee off, it's going to be 110 degrees. He's like, all yeah, right, I'll the tee time. Kind of a historic uh, warm front coming through, what, Nevada, Texas. It's been up to 115 in parts of Texas this week. So it's been very hot. And then I noticed, I don't know if you saw this, but we're, we could potentially have the f- first uh, June hurricane in the Gulf of Mexico next week. So there's, a tr- there's two tropical storms sort of back-to-back coming over from the African continent, and they say the first one could turn into a hurricane next week. Yeah, so I saw that. I, crazy it's very, weather. very early. Yeah, it is very early for the, the hurricanes. But at least we're still around. I saw where Greta Thunberg said five years ago that if we didn't stop using fossil fuels, we would be dead by now. So we've saved ourselves a, a little bit of time here. They used that poor little autistic child. <laughs> they did totally she's i got, mean got aside she was totally I, used yeah she has no idea what she's talking about uh she hasn't evolved with with her views or anything else uh she got i think they they made her feel good they put her out front and they just that that, that was damn child abuse it was it was i mean she will never meet a person again who doesn't walk up to her and go how dare you <laughs> So we have patch the damn servers. Yeah, Good this Lord. is a, I know, I, I know it's never ending, right? With the 2020 election and the upcoming uh, election next year. But it sounds like there was, there was a report that was put out this week by the University of Michigan computer science professor, Alex Halderman. Uh, there's a lawsuit going on seeking to block the use of the Dominion voting machines in Georgia. And really one of the big points that came out of this paper that the professor put out was that the Dominion voting machines in Georgia need to be patched before the 2024 elections. And what we mean by patched is it's just like your Windows computer at home. There's security patches that come down. You have to update your computer so viruses can't uh, take over your computer and infect it. So that's kind of the, the basic behind the story, right, is our Dominion voting servers and our 159 counties in Georgia need to be patched before the next election. 
And these are not the individual voting machines, I'm assuming. Well, I, th- I mean, I think it is. I think it's the uh, the machines that the election offices have. And, you know, they have to insert basically, uh, uh, I forget how they patch them, but it's probably just a, you know, a member drive. stick, yeah, a thumb drive that you put into the side of them and it updates them with all the software. And as part of this, you know, this that became a big deal this week and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger said he would not update any of the voting machines until after the 2024 election. So you can imagine how this has kind of created a big stir in Georgia Honestly, I don't know why Raffensperger doesn't go ahead and patch. This seems like something he would just do, get off his plate, and not allow people to continue to attack him over this kind of point. But he has dug his heels in and says no patching until after the pre- after the 2024 election. Look, we are never two years, more than two years away from an election. I know. They're happening all the time. Yeah, there's always an well, election in Georgia. Well, yeah, every, every year. You have municipal elections in the odd years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they all use the same same machines. You yep. you never have enough time between elections to to do things leisurely. No, you don't. But I mean, it's what is it? The end of June. The presidential primary is not till March, so we're we're talking about seven eight months to get a plan in to patch these servers. I think he's got plenty of time to do it. Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones has requested a meeting with Brad Raffensperger to understand why this decision has been made, and then also Josh McCune in New Georgia. Chairman of the Republican Party also really urged Raffensperger to comply with the U.S. Department of Defense standards immediately. So these are not just some standard this professor in Michigan came up with. This is the Department of Defense security standards that he says we need to adhere to in Georgia. So again, I mean, I think Raffensperger's digging his heels in. I don't know why he doesn't put together a plan. He's got plenty of people in his office to do this, and I'm sure he could hire contractors if he needed to 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 go around and help the county Do, secure the patch these machines. Exist? Yeah, as far as I know, the patch exists. Uh, I, I don't think this is something that's got to be created. I think this is just normal like security features that uh, or security uh, issues that need to be corrected before next year. Now, look, now I'm also not saying if he doesn't patch, we're going to have fraudulent elections next year and you know, Trump's going to lose again and we should blame everything on the machines, but what I am saying is the Secretary of State should do everything he can to make sure the machines are up to date and have the latest and greatest code and security patches. Yeah, I, I don't see why not. A, my curiosity was if it's, if it's the actual machine, <clears throat> which really doesn't do anything besides print a ballot, yeah, or the machines that you, you scan it into. Because that's the machine that actually registers your vote. Yep. Yeah, the machine you vote on doesn't. Yeah, you have to take that piece of paper and then the other machine uh, looks at the barcode and then records your vote. So I, I don't know if it's the machines you you know actually touch or it's the machines you put your ballot into that records the votes. But look, this well, has created be, a big stir a, this week. And it's it'd be a lot, a lot, lot less laborious, laborious mm-hmm. if uh, if it was just one machine per, per, per precinct. Yep. Like, or I think, if it's if it's if it's all of them, I think this is an unforced error on the Secretary of State's part. Though, look, at least act like you're complying with it, or act like you're going to try to put a plan together. And then, if you can't get the plan to work in the timeframes that we've got, then say, "I just can't get the plan to work." But Raffensperger just came out this week said, "I'm not doing it." So as soon as a report comes out this week, his first inclination is, you know, 
screw y'all, I'm not updating anything. So I think it's just this back and forth between Raffensperger and the Republican Party in Georgia that's not getting any better. And this, uh, what I say, is, uh, nothing's healing, right? We're not, we're not making amends between either one of these groups, which is just going to lend itself to more and more conspiracy theories as we move on if Republican candidates don't win. Gets ammunition to these fringe groups. I, I was saying the same thing. Is you're you're giving you're giving uh, uh, fodder. Yes. When you don't have and to, gonna, yeah, you you yeah, can avoid Trump, this. You're, you're gonna have Trump right back in Georgia as as we get close to the primary. And if you don't think this is gonna be mentioned, you're out of your mind. Right. Exactly. This will be a big talk. So I don't know, but we do have more bad news for uh, election conspiracists. <laughs> yeah, this is another story that came out the same week. So there was a the election bill that was passed in Georgia last year by the Georgia House and Senate and signed into law by Governor Kemp allowed uh, really a, a state level takeover of election boards in Georgia. So and that was a big, you know, big part of that bill last year. So it said it's just kind of like the state takeover of the airport also. So basically it said you know, if we don't like what an individual county's doing, the state can come in and take over the local elections. And that's what, that's what a group tried to do this week. But the state election board in Georgia voted unanimously against that takeover this week. So they said, Fulton County, you guys are improving. We don't see any reason for the state to come in and intervene. You just need to keep doing what you're doing and keep improving your election processes. And what the hell is the state going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Because I don't think we want the state running elections. Um but yeah, that was that was part of this. And, you know, there was a bipartisan review panel. They looked at all the problems with the elections and they said there has been considerable improvement made since uh, since the last election. Now, you know, how how far we've gone. Right. I mean, is it is this like you weighed 500 pounds and you've lost 10 pounds and so now you're only 490 or is this like uh we've truly made substantial progress? I don't know how far they've improved. I just know they said they have improved. Well, I just I don't know how the state would have the manpower. Yeah, I don't know either. Yep. I mean, Fulton if we county doesn't have the manpower. Look, if we can't patch servers, then I doubt if we can run the largest county in Georgia's elections. Uh, so yeah, so let's don't try to. Yeah, this is one of those weird kind of situations. Now, another thing that came out is Fulton County is they also rejected a Fulton County Republican Party's nomination to join their board, which was a big deal this week and has been uh, created quite a bit of news. So the Democrat. Party in Fulton County and the Republican Party in Fulton County can each have seats on the board in Fulton County, and they actually rejected the GOP's request to be on that board. So that's actually brought up quite a bit of controversy too. I bet it has. Mm-hmm. It has another. I mean, this is uh, again Chairman Josh McCoon of the GOP. He jumped in what a couple of weeks ago to Haven. He is a. Uh, He's been on top of this. This is kind of his hot ticket item at the moment is state election board, Secretary of State Brad Ravensburger, not patching machines. He is in the middle of a lot of election-related uh, issues at the moment. I'm sure he is. <laughs> He's probably having fun, though. Josh is a good guy. So we'll see what uh, what comes out of that. But, yeah, Fulton County. But, I mean, I think everybody thinks Fulton County's a mess. And, again, where we talk about Brad Ravensburger creating problems or not doing stuff to kind of stay out of limelight. Fulton County's right in it. I don't know if y'all remember, but what was it? That guy toting the boxes out of Fulton County and 
you know, he had all the boxes up under the table. It just looks and reeks of impropriety. And you don't want to do that when you've got a million voters voting in an election. You want to look like you know what you're doing. Well, you also have memory sticks. Nobody knows where they are. They don't know how <laughs> right. many they have. They're not serialized. Nope. So you've got, you got memory sticks coming out of people's pockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so it's there's a lot of stuff that, that I don't know if a takeover is the, is the right word, but there certainly should be, a, be an observer. Yes. And this is, you know, this whole thing with Fulton County this week and the Dominion servers has recalled or really had people talking about paper ballots again. So it's we've got people that are being very uh, loud about the need for Georgia to go back to paper ballots. Like, I don't know if that saves any problems. I think it how could create hell, how, new problems. How would how would you yeah. do that with 40 different line items on each ballot? I know it would be a mess just trying to get the ballots printed. Now, but could it, you do it for the primary? Yeah, because you have uh, the presidential primary because you're going to have one election to count. That's mm-hmm. it. Yep. But when you when you get to the primaries and then you get to the general, you have you have twenty to forty line items. Oh, even in a little county like I live in, we've got five municipalities in our county, and uh, there would be separate ballots for the presidential election. There'll be another ballot for a local, you know, people running for mayor and city council. I don't know how they would keep all the ballots, you know, get them printed out and then have enough and have enough backups. I think yeah, because we never had any, we never had any problems with paper ballots, like you know, hanging chads. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm not sure paper ballots is the answer, but that's what everybody's kind of falling back on. Uh no, it's it's just not it's not it's not practical. Yeah. It, it would it would take it would take a month to figure out who who won. Before mm-hmm. you could even do a recount. Oh, it would take forever to count the paper ballots. It really would. Which would lend itself to more and more conspiracy pe- conspiracy theory talk by whoever lost. Yeah, the, uh, the audit. Mm-hmm. I know a guy who w- was an observer down in, uh, I think he was in Savannah. But he was standing behind, you know, you, you couldn't stand, you couldn't just stand. You had to keep walking around as, as the observer. And he was watching this this one person go, Biden, 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 Trump, Biden, Biden, Trump, Trump, Biden, Biden, Trump. And the way they were doing it is they were separating him in two baskets. And after hearing him say that this stuff, he walks behind and sees the Trump baskets empty. Oh, geez. So at that point, he went to the Republican lawyer. Republican lawyer went to the precinct chief. They stopped the count, went over there, went back, back through the ballots that, that this person already done, pulled the Trump ballots out, put them in the Trump basket, and said, okay, start counting again. <laughs> I mean, at some point, we have to trust that the people that are overseeing the elections are not partisan people. Uh, I, you know, do I trust that they're not? I, I don't anymore. Uh, you know, and that's the problem, right? I mean, we got to have some some kind of trust that election process is correct. I don't know if it is or not. I just have to think that I vote and my vote counts the same as anybody else's. But it is troublesome when we see, hear stories like you. We see people hauling boxes in and out on election night. None of that gives us confidence that the election system is secure. Yeah, everything needs, needs needs to be secure. I don't have a problem with technology. The technology that doesn't doesn't bother me at all. It, that that that's why that's why we know a lot of a lot of our election results, especially the local stuff. We know by nine ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, otherwise, it it would it would be weeks. Yep. Uh, especially if you start talking about. Uh, 
larger and larger. So, you know, you've got three state reps that are in one district for state Senate. <laughs> yes. That's up in your area, correct? You got three state oh. reps in oh, your yeah. Senate district. Yep. And then you have some that that uh, that split that that are part part in one Senate district and part in the other that has same state rep mm-hmm. ba- based on based on the gerrymandering. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> to to the 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 process to to do all that by hand is is damn near impossible. Yep. You know we we don't have the manpower to do it. Uh, our population is 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 too far gone to do an old fashioned drop in the ballot box. Yep. I agree. We do need to get rid of the drop boxes and get rid of no no excuse absentee ballots. Yep, that's two of the biggest things I would get rid of is the no excuse and the drop boxes. So we have a MAGA cat fight on the <laughs> House floor. Oh, uh, this was so awesome this, this week. So uh, Representative Lauren Bobert from Colorado. And then hot. you've got... <laughs> I'm sorry, say that again? <laughs> hot. Yes, my son and I have met uh, the representative from Colorado before in D.C. And then you've got Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia. Representative Bobart actually announced uh, articles of impeachment on the House floor this week, which really set off some of her Republican counterparts, and especially the Speaker of the House, who said they've got to wait, they've got to get all their ducks in a row, and it's too early to do this kind of stuff. He said... You know, she's just doing this on her own, and we really don't have a plan for doing it. So, like we've talked about before, Marjorie Taylor Greene is she's uh, she's good friends with the speaker now. So after Bobert did this, she was walking away. Lauren was walking away, and Marjorie Taylor Greene called her a little bitch and accused her of piggybacking on her idea to impeach Joe Biden. So yeah, this was called on the House floor and confirmed by Bobert that uh, Marjorie called her to. And I'm going to quote the little bitch. You know, <clears throat> I don't mind it. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind a little, uh, them getting a little testy with each other. I mean, I think it's good when people, it shows everybody cares up there. So <laughs> I think, I think Bobert showed a, a lot more class when she said, Mar, you know, uh, Mar- Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene is not my enemy. Right. Exactly. And she's um, not. You no, know, she's not, and and they'll kiss and make up. I just think this shift. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it two or three times on the show. We probably need to stop talking about it. But this shift of Marjorie Taylor Greene to the establishment side of the Republican wing is truly amazing to me. And I, I keep thinking she's going to fall back on the other side, but she hasn't yet. She is. She oh, is there's all, a whole there, 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 there's a big bottle of crazy that, she, that she's that she's keeping a lid on. <laughs> Yeah, she's keeping it in it. And the question is, when does that lid come off? But for now, I mean, she has just totally changed. Uh, I wonder what the people in her district feel. I mean, I wonder if they are okay with kind of her shift to the, to the, I, let's say, the, rhino side of the house. But I don't know. I mean, could come back to bite her. Yeah, that's true. Probably, probably 90% don't know. They, they have no idea what's going on up there. Uh, they know that she supported Trump and they like, and they like Trump. And that's, that's it. That's, <clears throat> that's all. That's all they care about. And and if she gets hurt politically, she'll go from winning by sixty five percent down to sixty two. Yeah, but she's not going to. Yeah, the only thing is, is she gets a primary challenger at some point. But I think the money that Marjorie has would, 
I don't think anybody can run a successful primary against her unless you know somebody up in that district that's got that kind of name recognition that could to challenge her. But I don't see anybody currently that could. No, not from the it, right it, anyway. Not even not even from <clears throat> the left. They right. They ran a a, a Democrat this last time. Army veteran. I mean, everything he checks all the boxes for. You know the blue collar type type uh, uh, Democrat and. Uh, and he, he came from the middle and all that stuff. Nope. And he I also, mean, I think he raised more money than any other congressional candidate ever that has lost. He raised a ton of money to challenge her last year. And it was just, it's like money, just, you might as well set money on fire if you're challenging her as a Democrat in that district. Well, he, but he didn't raise it in district. He, he raised it No, in it came from all over. Yeah, it came from all over the nation, which is what Marjorie's been able to do. I mean, she's a... Uh, prolific fundraiser herself and she's been able to go out and raise money from people all over the u.s and that's why she's got such a big war chest at the current time and what can spend a hundred thousand dollars on a chapstick yeah that's what i'm saying yeah <laughs> uh, she she's going to be very difficult to, to unseat until she's ready to leave she would have to, she would have to she has to go full-on liz cheney mm-hmm which, I mean, I don't There's, mind the change of Marjorie. I mean, I did think she was given a sort of, I mean, some of the stuff she said early on was kind of wacky, right? With the Jewish space lasers and, and and some of the public statements she's made. so And even the Q support. So I don't mind it coming back. I just think it's a, just a huge shift for her to go from so extreme to to, to being sort of the Speaker McCarthy's right-hand woman. I mean, I think she's, right there with him on a lot of issues now. Yeah. Look, it's a lot more comfortable up there being close to leadership. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. You're totally correct on that. Yeah. Everybody wants to be a maverick until you feel, until you feel what it's like to be alone. <laughs> until you're going to dinner by yourself at night. Yep. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. But it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't mind the, the little uh, uh, jabs at each other. And, and it, the house floor is not is not the place for it. I, I agree with that. It's not it's not the place for 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 that language or anything else. Just you know, you, you handle that off the floor, mm-hmm. unless unless she wanted to be seen doing it, and that's quite possible. Yeah, I don't think I it's, saw in my in my years in the Georgia House. I don't think I ever saw anybody call anybody a bitch on the house floor. There were some very quiet, heated discussions from time to time. I had somebody ask me one time why I hated uh, gay people because of, I voted no on some kind of public assistance for something where I just didn't think money, taxpayer money should be spent on a certain program. And it wasn't because I like or dislike anybody. It was more of a principled vote that says, I don't think we ought to be sending taxpayer money on you know these type programs. But we even had that. That was a sort of a heated conversation at, at my desk, but it wasn't a it wasn't to stand up, you know, calling somebody a bitch as they're walking off like she did. Yeah, you, you didn't stand up and say, I'll beat your ass? No, actually, after we had this conversation, it was with a an old rep. Her name was Rashida, or Renita Shannon. We actually became good friends after we sort of had it out on that issue because she understood where I, where I was coming from on future votes. So she said, oh, okay, I got you. I see where you're coming from. And we never had another problem after that. But her first reaction was like, I can't believe you're voting against public money going to this program that I didn't, you know, that I just didn't believe should be funded in that kind of way. So why do you hate gay people? 
<laughs> Don't at all, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, we have some Virginia election results. Yeah, I saw this story this week. So this was some election results for the Virginia House and the Virginia Senate. And what was interesting about these results, I thought I thought you would like them. Uh, so one of the current state senators up there, which was a political centrist, and one of these increasingly rare Democrats who supports limits on abortion access lost to a, uh, a state legislator who was 100% supportive of abortion rights. So on the left, what happened in Virginia on the left is everybody went left. So they got rid of the moderates and went hardcore left. And then on the right, you had a right-wing firebrand who pumped out all this conspiracy, election conspiracy stuff and said... The election was stolen and, you know, all, all, you know, all the conspiracy theory lines and he actually lost. So it, it, it was sort of interesting that the people said, we don't want the wackadoodles with the conspiracy stuff anymore. We're tired of that. We're tired of the Trumpsters out there saying all this stuff. And then on the left, they said, hey, we want to go even more ex- extreme to the left. So I just uh, I thought that was an interesting sort of election here in June and want to hear what you think about next year. Is that going to signal even more kind of getting away from Trump and even moving harder left for Democrats? I don't consider Trump to be right. I don't either, but the media portrays him as a right-wing fascist dictator. Yeah. Uh, but I'm with you. Right, I, don't, but I, I, I don't consider him but right. Yeah, I, yeah he's, he's way to the left of me. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he, he's not... He, I, I I I don't like the branding uh, uh, right wingers as as uh, MAGA people or uh, yep. conspiracy theorists or, or QAnon people because true right wingers just believe in small government. Yes, which is not like a right like a hardcore right winger. We just believe small government, limited government, and personal freedom and individual liberties. Which yeah yeah at at, at at best, government is a is a uh, is a necessary evil. At right. worst, it is an intolerable one. <laughs> and that's so not yeah, Trump. I don't, I don't, Trump, I, Trump didn't believe in any of that stuff, right? I mean, he uh, he was well. He sure as hell didn't shrink the budget. No, he's one of the biggest spenders ever, uh, and I, that happened during COVID. But he did spend a lot of money, and I don't think any I don't think anybody that really follows gun laws would think Trump's a, a fan of the Second Amendment either. He never has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, in one of his books, he wrote about waiting periods and things like that. Uh, he, he never has been. Now, I think Eric is a uh, is a he's an NRA guy. I mean, I, I, he's probably still one of the elitist sort of gun owners where <laughs> I should be able to have whatever I want, but not the little people. Yeah, I'm a Georgia Carry <clears throat> guy now. I think, or what is it? 2A now in Georgia. Uh, I think they are sort of a good, I think they're a good group in Georgia. And then Georgia Gun Owners is the fire-breathing gun group. I'm not a big NRA fan anymore. No, NRA is the the country's oldest gun control uh, uh, organization. Yep, exactly. Their their plan is to give up our rights slowly. Mm Mm-hmm. So, no, the NRA is not Charlton Heston's NRA. Yep. So Hunter Biden gets a slap on the wrist, speaking of buying guns. <laughs> yeah, what is a typical penalty for lying on your, uh, what did you say it was, the 4473 form? 
4473 uh, firearms tra- transaction form. Uh, I think it's 10 years. Yeah, it carries a sentence up to 10 years in prison, which is a is, fe- is federal offense, right? Perjury. Perjury, yep. So he got a slap on the wrist for two charges. He took misdemeanor charges, which he won't see the inside of a jail cell, nope. for not paying his, his t- income taxes. Which was over a million dollars. And that's what I saw. I was like, who doesn't pay? I mean, what kind of job did he have to to skip out on paying over a million dollars in taxes? It probably went all, all went to his baby mamas. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, he did. He pled guilty this week to two misdemeanor tax crimes and admitted fault on a felony gun charge, which will result in no jail time for the president's son. So again, yeah, he'll, I mean, he'll do... His, his that that will disappear. Oh, 100%. If, if I mean, he, if he if he stays if he does his probation time and community service, whatever else he's supposed to do, that disappears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the I gun think, charge goes away, and and he'll be eligible to buy to buy a firearm again. Yeah, and I think the big the you know part of the news that came out of this, as I said, this plea deal suggested that the federal investigators uh have not found any sufficient evidence to bring any additional charges against Biden on other allegations of criminal wrongdoing. So all this money laundering that they've been talking about, foreign lobbying or other acts of corruption, all that stuff's done now. So this is the only thing that Hunter's gonna get a slap on the wrist for. And it looks like everything else is uh water under the bridge at this point. Yeah, he's gonna fall on the sword just a little bit here for his dad. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No mention no mention of, of the big guy. Yep. And I don't, I, I don't know. It's, it's t- typically Justice Department doesn't investigate a sitting president, so yeah. that may, that may sit on the back burner until he leaves office. Yeah, who I don't. Yeah, who knows? I doubt if it ever comes up again. Uh, this just continues to, you know, throw fuel to the fire of this. Uh, our justice and FBI being, uh, you know, of justice not being applied equally. And you know, I said this before. There's a lot of people out there that go to jail for lying on this 4473 form. They've got to feel like idiots at this point because Hunter's like skating off into the sunset and we've got other hey, people uh, just going who, to jail who, for this. And people who are using um, <clears throat> state legal marijuana mm-hmm. or using yep. medical marijuana. Yep. Uh, look, it, it's hard to get busted lying on a 4473 unless you – uh, buy a gun, then uh, use your phone and upload your laptop. Use smoking crack <laughs> with hookers and po- and showing off the gun you just bought. Well, and did you see where he threw the? I mean, he threw the gun away in a dumpster outside of a public school. So not only did he buy it and lied on the form, then he just disposes of it in a dumpster where anybody else could have picked it up. And to think he, he for him to think it couldn't be tracked back, traced back to him. <laughs> I know. The guys out of I mean, control. It's, it's, Depends on where you are. Obviously, in Georgia, it's a little tougher. Uh, I couldn't tell you where I bought all my guns. Uh, some some are from private sellers. Some are some are from stores. I have no. If if you pressed me to say, hey, listen, uh, you you sold a gun three years ago. Uh, we have a forty four seventy three where you bought it five years ago. I'm like, who'd you sell it to? I have no idea. Right. No clue. Yeah. I don't. I don't keep records of that stuff. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not in the gun business. I, I look at selling a gun the same way I, as if you asked if you, if, if you could buy my hammer. <laughs> That's how it should be. Unless I, 
Yeah, as long as I have reason to believe that that you are a felon or something like that, which I don't. Uh, you know, it's not. I I am not in the business. I'm not. I don't work for the ATF. Mm-hmm. Nobody should. <laughs> well, when they come to confiscate guns, I want them to be as confused as possible. <laughs> now, why did Trump hire so many bad people? I don't know. I mean, it's just this continual. Trump this week of having, I mean, this week he's got to escalate field with our feud with his old attorney general, Bill Barr. Uh, you know, he, he was being interviewed by Brett Baird this week and he said, Rex Tillerson, who's the old secretary of state. He said he was a terrible person. Kaylee McNamini or however you say her name. McInerney. Yeah. He said she was, she couldn't do her job. He said, John Kelly was weak. He used to be his chief of staff. It's like he never looks himself and says, who hires all these people? And that's what Brett Baird tried to say. Is, he said, President Trump, you're the one that hired all these people. And now you're the one that's throwing them all up under the bus. And which brings up a good point. Like if Trump was to win again, who would want to go work for him in his cabinet or in the White House after everybody's been thrown up under the bus? I mean, look at Pence. Uh, almost anybody on the cabinet, he is completely just thrown under the bus and just slammed since he left office. Yeah. I thought, I thought McInerney did, did a good job. Yeah, I did too. She's certainly a stark contrast to the two we've had under Biden. <laughs> yeah. The one this week, what's her name? Says she was a historic figure this week and she's only been on the job a year. Uh, Jean Pierre or Pierre Karim or whatever, however you say her name. She says yeah. she was a Jean Pierre. Yeah, she says she was working for a historic administration, and she was a historic figure working for that historic administration. She's an idiot. She is. Now, yeah, her predecessor is a liar. Yes. But uh, she's an idiot. Yeah, but uh, Jen Psaki's got a job what, with MSNBC or CNN now making uh, a ton of money. So that's kind of the, I guess that's the path to your next job with one of these. It is. It was, it, was for, it was for Stephanopoulos. It was for McInerney. Um, I don't know where the little blonde dude is, uh, uh, anymore. I don't know if he's on TV or not. <laughs> I don't know, but if you, if you paid any attention at Brett Baer interview this week, this is also where Trump, a lot of people say he incriminated himself in his federal charges where he talked about the boxes and the, the documents in there. And he talked about showing portions of those documents to people at Mar-a-Lago. Like, I don't know why Trump's doing any interviews right now with the media, you know, he's got a case coming up and he every time he goes out, he opens his mouth and it gives the FBI and the Justice Department more and more evidence that they can bring up at trial. I don't know why he went on TV this week talking about the boxes and and what he did with all this information. It really didn't make any sense and was a really a head scratcher that his lawyers wouldn't stop him from doing this. Good luck. <laughs> that is true. I don't think anybody controls what Trump's messaging is at this point. Um, Look, I, uh, I saw bits and pieces of the, of the Bear interview. Uh, generally, I, I, I don't, I, I, I get annoyed when I when I watch the Trump interviews. But I don't know if Trump was expecting a, a softball, but that's not what Brett Bear does. No, he doesn't. I mean, it's when he sits down with with Hannity or somebody like that, he knows he's getting a softball interview. Mm-hmm. If you sit down with Bear, you, you you understand, you know, you're going to wrestle the bear. Yep. Uh, and, and 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 I saw a bunch of bunch of Trumpers 
all mad about Bear turning turning left. No, that's being a journalist. Yeah, it's just been it's doing your job, which we need more journalists to do. Uh, very hey, doesn't doesn't matter who you're talking to. Stay respectful, but stay stay on <clears throat> target. That's the tough questions, right? Uh, don't ask what kind of ice cream you like. Ask tough questions, which is what typically Biden gets asked when he's uh, out in public. Well, yeah, if Trump wants to stay with softballs, he should just, just go on Hannity. Yep. Uh, go sit down with Gutfeld. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. Go get go get the softballs. But he's picking fights with with Fox News with Kylie McInerney. Uh, now he's pissed at uh, Brett Bear. Right. Right. Uh, so he's he's picking these fights where he has he has fewer and fewer allies in the in the uh, uh, in the media. And yeah. I don't I don't necessarily think that any candidate should have allies in the media. No, they shouldn't. But you know he's 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 deep he's deplatforming himself, and all he needed to say when he was asked about any of the ongoing cases is, "Brett, I would love to talk to you about that." No, but I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, yeah, that's, that's when, a simple answer, when, right? When I am ultimately acquitted of these ridiculous charges, I will give you the first sit down and we'll talk all about it. Yes, that's the answer. That, it's, it's just not that hard, but his mm-hmm. ego won't let him won't let him do that. Nope. And ultimately, I, th- I think it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna cost. Yeah, I think it does. All right, Adam pencil neck shift to, <laughs> uh, got himself censored. Yeah, this took was two good. shots at it. Yeah, I thought this was interesting this week because one of my, uh, one of the congressmen that I really respect, Thomas Massey, took uh, uh, sort of a beating on social media this week because he voted against censoring Thomas Massey on the first try. And I don't know if you saw this, but it, he was getting censored because uh, art, they argued the Republicans did that he misled the public by saying that Trump colluded with Russia during the 2016 presidential election. Uh, so. Totally agree that he should be censored. What they tried to do the first time is also fine shift $16 million. So what Thomas Massey said is, uh, this is a terrible precedence if we can start fining people millions and millions of dollars because the party in power doesn't agree with what they said or what they did. Uh, So they ended up removing the $16 million fine, and then on the second try, the Republicans censored Schiff for what he did back in 2000 or after the 2016 presidential election. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't, but the the fine was very much unconstitutional, and that's why some of these representatives voted. But you're right, this is all theater. This is Schiff going back to California, raising more money because he got censored, and Republicans can go out and beat their chest to say, you know, they censored pencil neck Schiff. Right, and there were a few no votes, but uh, our uh, 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 votes for present on the on the Republican side, but it passed strictly along political lines. Yeah, but it was party lines. Yep, but you're right. And this does nothing. It gave the Democrats a chance to to shout down the speaker and yell shame and I go over that. and kiss Adam Schiff's <laughs> ass, and <laughs> and all all that's going to do is raise his his star for running for Senate. Yeah, I think he's going to be the next if, senator from California after uh, what's her name uh, doesn't run again. Yeah, if she makes she, it, that if far. she lives that long, if she yeah. lives that far, well, we talked about this. She's story being held before. together with Botox, bailing wire, and duct tape. Yep, she's trying to make it to the reelection so Schiff can run because Schiff's Nancy Pelosi's pick, and if she resigns before the next election, uh, Gavin Newsom wants to re- wants to appoint. I think it's Karen Bass who is a congressman uh, to that position. So. 
yeah, she's trying to hang in there to the end. Yeah, and that's look, and the end's a long way. It is. It's, I don't it's know when that election is. <clears throat> is that one well, in twenty twenty four? I'll say. I think it is, but okay. The, the that's the election's not until November of twenty four. Right, it's a ways off. And if she's in that poor health where she can't she can't get her decrepit ass into the into the Senate <laughs> chambers to vote, I mean, at, at, at what point are are they being selfish? It's, it's the same thing I said when when we had when, when our senator Isaacson decided he was going to run for reelection, knowing he had health. Yeah, problems. he's shutting around for reelection. Yep. And what do we? And we got a governor who did the exact same thing on the opposite side that that Newsom's talking about doing. He took somebody that checked boxes that he liked, and put her in, and she got her ass handed to her. And you look what Senator Isaacson did by by running again for election. That then he resigns, and then Governor Kemp appoints Kelly Leffler, and then she loses. If he doesn't win, if he doesn't run for election again. Somebody like David Perdue probably wins that seat or some other Republican, uh, probably Doug Collins maybe wins that seat. And then more than likely is in the Senate at this point. So Right. You you have you have a <clears throat> sitting senator that's very that's very hard to unseat exactly. and with tons of money flying uh, flying in. Yep. Yeah, Leffler was always a bad choice. She could never she could never connect with, with voters. Nope. All right, so the Pentagon can't count. Uh <laughs> All the money that's going to Ukraine, they seem that they overestimated the value of the weapons. Yes, about $6.2 billion. They went back and actually did a audit on the, the, the estimation of the weapons we've sent to Ukraine. And they said, by the way, we overestimated what we've sent for the past two years. So we actually owe Ukraine an additional $6.2 billion. Uh, you know, this was What's interesting. Monopoly? <laughs> I know the bank made an error in in your favor, collect $200. It sounds like it is. I mean, I think this comes on the heels of the fiscal years wrapping up. And they said congressional funding was starting to dwindle down for Ukraine. So they kind of conveniently went back over the last two years and found another $6.2 billion. Uh, This reeks of some funny business here, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely, it does. I don't know, man. That's the. the let me go back. Uh, let me go back over my numbers. Oh, <laughs> hey, look at this! I had more money to send you. <laughs> exactly. This so is six, good. Six point two billion dollars more. Once again, Zelensky wins. Yep. This is a good time to remind you: these are our opinions, and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the GeorgiaVirtue.com. You got the mule. I do. So the mule of the week, uh, and this story just came out as we were taping a show, was I'm going to call them vegans, but actual group that's going to be the mule is the Physicians Committee of Responsible Medicine. So if you all know, Macon has a like a minor league baseball team, uh, and, the, and their minor league baseball team goes by the name of the Macon Bacon uh, so this group for responsible medicine has come out and wants the Macon Bacon to change their name uh, to the actual Macon Bacon Bacon because they consider bacon to be something that is not good for your health. <laughs> what if it's what if it's back bacon? 
Canadian bacon. Is that okay? Or turkey bacon. Hey, there's a lot of different kind of bacons. Yeah, but I mean, this is funny because this group sent a letter to the team president accusing the organization of glorifying the meat. Uh, Look, I mean, I think that's a cute little name, making bacon. You've also got the Savannah team, Savannah Bananas, uh, down in Savannah. Look, no, one, I don't think anybody's ever thought about making bacon and how bacon's glorifying uh, what we eat for breakfast in the morning. Uh, but yeah, this is another thing where obviously some group out there has got too much money and too much time on their hands and they picked out something that they're going to rally against and try to get changed. First of all, it's very narrow-minded of you. Bacon <laughs> is good for more than just breakfast. Yeah, it's true. It's, uh, you can't beat a BLT at, for dinner. Or uh, candied bacon as an appetizer. Yep. So they, their statement said, I urge you to update the team's name to Macon, Fake, and Bacon, like fake bacon. So Macon, Fake, like Macon, Fake, and Bacon, and promote plant based bacon alternatives such as Fake and Bacon or Mushroom Bacon that will help your fans stay healthy. I have never so, heard of Mushroom Bacon, Dave. Have you? I, I, no. <laughs> That's no. nothing we buy in the Pullen household. Now, there, there was a guy who, who was in office in Smyrna. He was mayor of Smyrna. His name was Max Bacon. <laughs> and I saw his sign hanging up on, uh, on a, uh, a barbecue place. And I thought it was a sandwich first time I drove by it. Yep. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know his politics. But if give me, the, give me the opportunity, and I will go into that booth and vote for Max Bacon every time. <laughs> what do they say about vegans and CrossFitters? Uh, how do you know uh, if you run across one? They'll always tell you. That's yep. sort of the same thing here, right? Uh, I've never met a vegan that didn't tell me they were a vegan uh, right when we met. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, it's just a cute name. <laughs> it is. It good, is. Good God. <laughs> Leave them alone. <laughs> I, I mean, and plus, do you really think that uh, vegan soy boys are buying tickets to go to minor league ballparks? <laughs> no. Look, I think probably if you surveyed how many people out there like real pork bacon, I think this cuts across Democrat and Republican lines. I think uh, bacon's pretty popular among everyone. So, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't see this being an issue they can win on. It's so delicious that two religions had to make it a sin to keep people from eating it. <laughs> that That's how true. good bacon is. I hadn't thought of it in that that way lately. <laughs> so BMI is now racist. <laughs> yeah, speaking Body of, mass index. Yeah, there we go. After we just come off of uh, talking about bacon. Yes. Yeah, so the, the AMA, which is American Medical Association, Med- American Medical Association said this week that uh, measuring someone's weight and BMI score solely by their body mass index has racist roots. So this is a, uh, your body mass index is racist. I, I had no clue until the American Medical Association said it this week. Now, look, if they said that BMI is inaccurate because it does not consider body type, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 is an interesting take. It and, is. I, and it's something that, that I would agree with. Yep. Um, according to the charts, I'm supposed to be like 185. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm supposed to be 170. And there would be people feeding yeah. me all day if I was 170. They would think I was uh, about to perish. Yeah, I've, I've been, as an adult, 180 before. 
I look like a Holocaust survivor. <laughs> I know, me too. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I, yeah, I'm a big dude. I'm I'm six one, but I'm, I'm a big dude. I'm, I'm built like a like a lineman. I got broad shoulders, uh, uh, long torso, shorter you know, shorter legs than other people mm-hmm. who are six six one. So I, I'm built like an offensive lineman. Does it doesn't mean I'm not fat? No, of course I can lose lose some weight, but I look you know I I look and feel really good at two twenty five to two fifty. Mm-hmm. Where if I if I go across if I just go to my to my general practitioner and look at the chart, I'm like no. No, one eighty is not, not going to do it. Yeah, I'm not getting a one eighty. Yeah, I think I, mean, what I, just, you, I think what you said is 100 percent right. If they would have framed it in that way, but what they said is the BMI does not appropriately represent racial and ethnic minorities because it's based on the imagined ideal Caucasian of the 19th century, without considering a person's gender or ethnicity. So yeah, and look, and, but he, it wasn't it wasn't racist when they did it. That was the sample of people he had. It was mm-hmm. in Europe. Yep. In the early 1800s. Right. And and the scientist originally, all it was was a data point, is that he was trying to figure the average weight per inch. And that's it. And then in the 1970s, they, started, they used that research to a store, sort of apply to where you should be on a body, uh, body mass index. Mm-hmm. Uh, binary uh, uh, charts like that, 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 you know, you're, if you're, if you're here, you're, you're, you're good. If you're here, you're overweight. If you're here, you're obese. If you're here, you're underweight. Doesn't apply. Right. There are guys who are six, one that, that have skinny arms, uh, narrow shoulders and, and are long and lanky who 165 would look really good on Mm -hmm. because that's their body type. But they are they are true. It doesn't take into effect, into account that different people are built different ways. But I don't I don't I, I, it's for me to hang it on racist is really tough, especially since we don't have a society that is that is monochromatic. Right. You know we're we're mixed from a lot of different people. Yep. Uh, even 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 white folks have have will have a mixture of of Scandinavian. Of Germanic, of of Italian, mm-hmm. uh, and so the if if yes if, if it was if you I don't want to use bloodline but if if you're if you're a royal and you never bred outside of your own family, <laughs> yes, everybody's gonna have the same body type. That's true. Now, what I thought was interesting in this article is they said for children's uh, ages two to nineteen. The average BMI doubled during the COVID pandemic. Uh, I thought that was a very interesting stat that came out of this article. So basically, kids have almost doubled their BMI over the last three years. And again, we locked I, them indoors. Yeah, we locked them indoors, them. and and even school systems are not having recess any longer. And kids are sitting behind playstations and Xboxes all day and behind their phones. So. We, however you want to measure this, there still needs to be some type of uh, measurement to, you know, to slap somebody in the face and say, you need to lose some weight. I mean, which if I go to the doctor, they're going to tell me the same. Well, look, getting a cardiologist at 40 something years old will do it to you. <laughs> right. Yep. I had a meeting today and I put up put on one of my, one of my Dr. Cool button downs. And I was like, damn, this thing, I, I, I must have bought this one. It's humongously fat. So oh, I, thought, I looked like so I was wearing a balloon and someone popped. 
I was wondering if it was going to be that or one of your buttons in the front was popping. So, okay, good for you. <laughs> well, it, it came from being sick for a little while, but but I'll take it. I'll take. I don't. I don't suggest it, but but uh, I'll take it anyway. I can get it. Uh, but <clears throat> I don't. I don't know what the standard should be. Uh, the army had a way of doing it. I never made weight in the army. I think I did once. Uh, I always had to tape where they tape your tape your waist, your mm-hmm. neck, and your and your height. And that's a little more accurate because even at, at two twenty five when I was in the army, I was I was technically overweight, but it, it was a much different two twenty five than, <laughs> than than I have right now. Right. Uh, I mean, it was it, it was you know I, I had morning PT and then for lunch went to the gym. Yep. And I don't know. I don't know what happened to that hobby. No, I <laughs> four joint reconstructions later, maybe. <laughs> um, but I think I think it's I think it's cheap. I think it's a cheap shot to to go and put this on race. Yeah, me too. When we could actually talk, we have we could have a a useful conversation about different body types and eating uh, eating what's right for your body type. And honestly, we need to have some conversations in this country about wearing clothes that that are appropriate for your body type. Just because they make yoga pants and 4XL doesn't mean they should be sold. And if you wear if you wear animal print, you should not weigh more than the animal that you're wearing. <laughs> I like that. Uh, that's probably a good way to look at it. I can't so afford. Speaking I can't, of, hey, I can't afford Lululemon anyway, so I'm good there. <laughs> speaking of of eating, <laughs> we talked about food uh, a lot this episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're lab growing chicken from cells. Oh yeah. So this week the U.S. regulators approved the sale of chicken made from animal cells, uh, allowing two California companies to offer lab grown meat to the nation's restaurant tables and eventually supermarket shelves. So basically, they're making this meat and growing it in steel tanks using cells that come from a living animal, a fertilized egg, or a special bank of storage cells. And then they take all this meat, processed chicken that they've made, and cut it into chicken cutlets and sausages and chicken patties, and then they're going to end up selling it in grocery stores and to your local restaurants. Sounds disgusting. Soylent green is people. I know. Uh, that, ugh, I mean, it's, it truly really sounds if, nasty. If it's properly marketed, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, you may sell some of this in San Francisco, L.A., New York. I don't Austin. think you're selling it in Georgia. I no, no. <laughs> it's plus plus agriculture is such a such a big industry, and chicken industry is so big in Georgia that yeah, we've uh, had I, what have we had for a while? We've had Beyond Beef for a while, and I don't think that sells well and. I know it doesn't sell well in the part of Georgia that I live in, but now we're going to have artificial chicken, I guess, right beside the Beyond have, Beef or Beyond Meat. Have you ever had Beyond Sausage? Store. I haven't. I had it in the Sky Club, and I think it was at LAX. Um, thing about flying west is you leave in the morning and land in the morning, so you have mm-hmm. breakfast where you leave and breakfast when you get there. I like that. So, yeah, I sit in the Sky Club, and I said, meatless sausage. I said, what the hell, I'll try it. <laughs> you shouldn't admit that. I, I, How was it? Eh, I suppose if you take enough hot sauce and put it on there, it, it'd be all right. But I just, it just, it, it, it was nothing special. Yep. I, 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 would, I would have rather had uh, good sausage patties. Then again, 
And remember, when you eat at the Sky Club, it's it's all like catered food. Yep. So it's, for the most part, you may get a, you may get an omelet station here or there, but for the most part, you don't have mama cooking your sausage. Maybe it tastes better if if you cook it at home mm-hmm. in lard and lard butter. Yeah. <clears throat> Scrambled butter. eggs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah is, exactly. You know, I'm interested. I've always liked to look at the marketing around this. Back in 2019 in the House, we uh, debated a bill in the Agriculture Committee around the marketing of all these type of artificial products like Beyond Beef and what the, the, the farmers had come to the Capitol or come to their representatives and said, we don't want artificial or Beyond Beef being marketed the same way that we're marketing our beef, right? It shouldn't be able to call beef because it's not beef. I know everybody's like, what in the hell? But we actually talked about this for two or three hours. And one of my friends, Scott Turner in the house, he said, well, we've got a lot of other products like Cadbury eggs. So Cadbury egg is not an egg, right? But it's being marketed as it's got egg in the name. Uh, you got chicken of the sea, which is tuna, uh, being called chicken. So it brought this whole kind of debate up around how these products are marketed and what they can get away with when they're actually put on the grocery store counters uh, that, you know, that consumers are then buying, which I thought was a very, I thought it was a very unique uh, discussion we had. Nothing ever came out of it, but it, well, it was, they tried it. They tried that with Taco Bell. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, Same thing. The, I, I guess, <clears throat> the burger producers or whatever were, were trying to go after Taco Bell saying it's not all beef. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the, the the court ruling came down. Yes, it is. You can't say spices make it make it's not all beef. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. But you know, we'll have to we'll have to update everybody when this artificial chicken comes out. Maybe Dave we can get together and throw some on the grill one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as, as, as long as we th- wrap it in bacon, it'll be fine. Wrap it in some fake bacon, so we can have some bacon, bacon, and some artificial oh, yeah, some chicken soy on the bacon grill. and some and some lab grown chicken. Yep. And, why, know, why, why, why don't we get some? Why don't we get some uh, zero alcohol beer too? Yeah, we'll throw that in. And, and I get you know the reason behind this again is eliminating harm to animals. So that's a big push. Is they don't want us hurting the little chickens running around and. They also don't like the uh, environmental impacts of chickens grazing out there in the in the grass. So that's also a big part of this. It all goes back to this whole climate change debate and chickens and cow farts and all that good stuff. Yeah, we should be eating crickets. <laughs> Covered in chocolate. I've, I've I've had crickets and guacamole. You don't you don't even know your. I mean. It adds no flavor, adds nothing to it. Right. Other than there are, cric- there are crickets ground up in there. And I suppose if you're a starved person, it adds adds a protein to, yep. to something that's just avocado. But <clears throat> yeah, I'm not eating a cricket sandwich. No, you don't see Al Gore eating a jam chicken, sa- uh, a cricket sandwich. <laughs> you don't yeah. see Al Gore eating Beyond Beef. No, trust me, if, if, if what's happened to Al Gore is from Beyond Beef, it is not health food. <laughs> He's he's ballooned up like I mean, like nobody's business. Yeah, he's a big boy. I I assume flying around on private jets uh, that that Chateaubriand really uh, packs on the pounds. Mm-hmm. That'll do it to you. All right, can you get any closing thoughts? I do real quick. Uh, at taping the it looks like the sub that went down to look at the Titanic. They've actually found bits and pieces of that. It looks like the 
no one's going to survive the the submarine going down to to look at the Titanic. Sort of disappointed and just people this week. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but we've had a lot of people making fun of these guys for doing what they did. So you would think there would be a lot more compassion, I guess, around potential people losing their lives and families losing people they love. But it's been almost the opposite where people have been making a lot of fun of these guys, questioning why they did it, why their sense of adventure and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It feels weird. Um, and I think a lot of people are starting to feel weird about this. Like, why are we, why are we taking such a harsh line with these people that were just exploring, right? Exploring the ocean, exploring uh, depths that no one has ever been to before. Uh, you know, that's what made the U.S. great is people flying. And, and that's what, you know, this whole going to the moon, going in outer space is based on people doing stuff where you could potentially die. And, uh, you know, it's just been weird that the, the reaction I've seen out of a lot of people this week that that you probably know personally and I know personally, too. Just been a weird kind of vibe with this, and I feel sorry it, for it, the people, you know, the families that lost, you know, that lost family members, and it's a big setback, right? We have people that die this week over this, and I, I think our reaction should have been a little bit different. There's a couple things going to that. One is there is no empathy on the internet. No, there's none. Yep. Another other thing is I, I I don't mind dark humor. Uh, one of them <laughs> that says uh, when you realize two hundred thousand dollars sub trip was not round was not round trip. <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> But the stuff that I found was brutal was really from the political left that on Twitter was saying things like five, five uh, dead white billionaires. That's a start. I saw that one too. Yep. You know, the ocean, ocean, ocean swallowing billionaires and stuff like that. And, and uh, that, that stuff was the, 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 the not being a round trip ticket. That's humor. Yes, yeah, dark and, humor. And I, it's dark humor. Yeah, it, 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 it but, is. I yeah, mean, that, that's but, humor. But would they have said the same thing about the what was the spaceship that exploded when it went up? Oh, the Challenger. Yeah, Challenger. I mean, I don't. I don't. Oh, there were dead teacher jokes that came out within weeks. Because <laughs> I was in school at the time. I mean, <laughs> yes, we, we all had this. a teacher we, we wish would have gone on the Challenger. Uh, maybe I was too young to remember that. You're not younger than I am, are you? Uh, almost 50, 48. I'm 46. Okay, what grade was that then? Third or fourth. Okay, See, I, I grew up like in South that. Florida. We, we grew up watching the launches. We'd go outside and watch the yeah, actually, launch. I was in, actually, I was in sixth grade when the Challenger blew up. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> we, used, we used to stand outside and watch the, watch the launches and all that stuff, and that stopped after that. <clears throat> well, listen, if I ever do anything crazy in my lifetime and I don't make it back, try to lay off the dark humor. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, man. I, I want people telling telling jokes at my funeral. Uh so we have a a three and a half million dollar shark snack. A potential winning blue marlin coming in. This was a tournament in North Carolina. Uh trumped the other the other fish by a couple hundred pounds. I mean, this thing was a monster, a six hundred something pounds, as, as I recall. Jeez, that's a big one. Di- disqualified because it looks like a shark may have uh, may have interfered with the catch, may, may have may have taken a, a a bite out of it. And I understand. Look, if they did something wrong, if they used the wrong, these terms have very specific rules. 
Mm-hmm. You have to have fishing license. You have to, uh, your leader can only be so many feet long. It can only, uh, your leader has to be whatever test. Your line has to be whatever test. You can't pass the rod off, that kind of stuff. They have some very specific rules. But to, to lose three and a half million for that team because a shark interfered with it. it, it it's not like the shark took the tail off. It took, it took a nibble. Yeah, I saw people. figured out this. This was a big marlin. I saw people watching the weigh in, and when they the the guy came out and said we've got to review this fish because it's got the shark bite, people were booing and they were not happy as you can imagine uh, from the decision that happened here. I guess rules are rules, and I'm sure it says something in there about a predator messing messing with your fish, right? But that, I, from what I saw, the the marks on that fish was a very minor bite, if if if, if you can call any shark bite minor. Yeah, but I think it was just a, I saw something around the tail, but it didn't look like a, a huge shark bite. No, a huge a huge, a huge tiger shark would have taken the tail off. So <laughs> exactly. uh, we we've we've talked a lot about being underwater and eating this week. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, big thanks to Eric Cumby, our editor. To Ken Pullen, my partner's endeavor. I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week.